hello everyone and welcome back or welcome if this is the first time you're joining me. This is now the second official episode of my new podcast, which Instagram named for me, Tess Talks and Sometimes Listens, which is unbelievably accurate of my life. Um, I did want to start by saying I had a little epiphany this week in between recording my first episode and now recording this one, and that is that it's okay to be a beginner. Um, It's okay to be a beginner. It's okay to try things and not be perfect at them right away and suck a little bit and get better, (laughs) and that's what I feel like I'm doing with this. So thank you for being here. And we'll move ahead with episode two. Uh, Today, I have on the podcast one of my very favorite people. His skills as a listener are, in my opinion, unmatched. Uh, He's an avid adventurer and a fellow travel bug, one of those rare people who knows how to dream big and stay grounded. Uh, probably because he's a genius, at least in my eyes, but I'm probably not the first one to call him that. Uh, he's been a dear friend for years now, but for the past year, I've had the pleasure of seeing him every day as he's now my roommate. Welcome to the show, Zach Palmer. Oh my goodness, what an (laughs) intro. I was waiting for a Mr. Below Average over here. That's what he wanted me to introduce him as, is, is a, less, a less than average guy. Less than average guy, just your normal dude. He's, he's way cooler than your normal dude. Um, no, actually, I, I realized that you are living, breathing proof that somebody can be optimistic and realistic at the same time. Okay. Would you agree with that? I, I struggle with it a little bit because I, I, f- I feel like I'm straightforward thinking. Yeah, so I, you're a very logical person and you also are like a big abstract dreamer. I just, I try to put pieces together and make sense and then think out loud when I can to see if I'm crazy. <laughs> Well, if if you're using me as a as a <laughs> reference point for that, I'm not I'm not sure that I'm the most helpful in that regard. But I but I always love being a point of reference anyway. Tess, am I crazy? I have a story. You're like, wait, that's all you got? Or sometimes it's like, yes, but you're doing it right though. True. <laughs> True. Well, I think. Um, so you said something the other night about. Like coming up to your late twenties now, because your your birthday's next month. Yes, you're gonna be twenty seven. Twenty seven. And like, there's a weird amount of pressure of of people in their twenties, especially at this time, because like in this time, which is now twenty twenty one, people in their twenties are living differently than people in their 20s typically have, like, led their lives in previous generations. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're we're doing okay? (laughs) Are we doing it right? I have no idea. Um, It's it's super hard to gauge right now because, I mean, rewind to to high school, at least for me, um, 
like sophomore, junior year, they would have you take personality tests to see what career you might be good at. Uh. And going into it, I know when I took it, I mean, I'm in high school, I, I don't really care that much. But I'm still kind of hoping for like a cool job. <laughs> what did it say? What was your job? The one that I remember, and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it said, um, one job you might be good at is a teacher. Oh. And I said, I don't want to be okay, a teacher. But that is because you are exceptionally patient <laughs> <laughs> and like capable of listening to anybody and capable of not taking your anger out on students who probably deserve it. I mean, maybe. I'd probably, I don't know, I would probably be good at it looking back. Um, That was kind of the whole point of the test. But I was still hoping for, like, astronaut or, you know, something. I bet you'd be good at that, too. But, I mean, I, I do think you would be good at being a teacher. But being good at something versus doing something you want to do, like, there's, you have to find that balance, you know? Yeah. And... I don't know. I feel like maybe the like the personality tests. I mean, you see on Facebook or used to all the time where people take the, like the tests of what Disney villain are you? Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people who take that to heart as like, oh no, I didn't want to be Ursula. I wanted to be Hades. And <laughs> it's I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of pressure or. Was I think like. Just in general, we're really, just a society, we're just really interested in and excited about our titles. Yes. Like, that's so important. Like, to the point where a BuzzFeed Disney villain quiz could, like, mess up somebody's day. Yeah. Well, and it is such a weird thing because you're from high school with the personality tests you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do in life and you typically look to like your elders, your parents, grandparents, yeah, older siblings, whatever for advice. And I've had a ton of conversations with my parents and just feel like the advice they're giving me is disconnected from from, like, what's appropriate for our time. Yes. Yeah. From the world now. Yeah, that's fair. Well, even just the the fact that you're taking quizzes in high school to tell you what kind of career you should have. Like, career is such a loaded and heavy word that isn't even necessary. Like, you do not have to have a career to be successful anymore. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a career, there's this underlying sense of being trapped yeah you you pick your career and you're done book closed this is what that's it no thank you and anymore i mean you can be a youtuber you can be a streamer a musician you can be a travel blogger a a makeup artist yeah i mean there's so many like freelance sort of opportunities now for for money that career And I think a career is still a, that's still one path. That's still a totally, like, a totally acceptable thing that works, but it's no longer the only path. Yes. My, in a conversation I had with my mom at one point, um, 
venting about I had talked to my grandma, was asking for advice and what she told me I didn't agree with. And my mom told me, she's like, well, when, when your grandma was your age, she had three options of career path, secretary, okay. nurse, or librarian. Oof. And you pick one and you do it. Oof. So, secretary, nurse, or librarian. Pick one. Which one do you want to be? <laughs> um... <laughs> I kind of am weirdly leaning towards librarian. <laughs> at first a librarian thought, sitting in a quiet. Uh, can you sit, just ooh, imagine oh, sitting? Not, I'm, at, I'm horrible at being quiet. You're at the front desk. People check in and you're whispering. Ooh. To to say hello and yeah. Okay, that's okay. You're right. But I, I think nurse is, like, way above my pay grade. So I'll, I'll stick to secretary. Like, nurse, that's too, that's too much of a commitment. I'd almost pick nurse just for the, I guess, excitement of it. Because I've been in, I've been in too many same. customer service jobs, that secretary answering phones. That's how we met. <laughs> it, it is how we met. <laughs> customer service job answering Woo. phones. Because neither one of us have a career. <laughs> Well, and so then you you finish this personality test. It gives you a handful of things you might be good at. And for me, I don't know if this, I mean, there's probably some people who they see um, like biologists on there and they're like, oh, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And then they go to college for that. But me, when I see teacher and things like that, yeah. then you pick your college and Oh, you need to research all the colleges and figure out which one has the best degree program for what you're interested in. Oh, my gosh. And I said, well, I don't know. It's a lot of pressure to put on a 16-year-old, maybe 17-year-old kid. Here, pick what you want to do for the rest of your life and start taking steps towards that. And if you doubt yourself, then you're wrong. Yeah, then bummer. You got to stick with it. You already picked it. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes it's good to stick with things and sometimes it's good to know when to let things go. Yes. Well, and the hard part for me with making that decision is since 2016, when I graduated college, mm -hmm. So in almost a five-year time span, I've had probably six different jobs. I think that's I think that's great. Some people might think that's a negative thing, but I think that's fantastic. Well, and so in switching job to job, I mean my my longest track record in that window from 2016 to now is a year. Okay. I think 13 months technically is the longest I've been at one company. Sure. In that time span. And since bouncing around, I, I mean, I would have conversations with my parents like, man, I just switched to this job, but I don't really like it. Mm -hmm. And my mom would always tell me, well, you have to stick with it and give it a chance. And there's, there's something to be said for that. But there's also like little moments of knowing this is not it. This is not for me. And I feel like those are also important to listen to. Yes. I guess the hard, the hard part for me is differentiating whether I have had that realization 
or I just don't feel like doing it anymore and I haven't given it a solid chance. It's the, yeah. like, I guess doubting myself in, like, I know I don't like this, but maybe I haven't done it long enough. Maybe I will like it. Yeah, maybe it gets better or, like, you can always talk yourself into, like, I mean... I was going to say excuses, but that's not even the right word because they're very valid. Like, nobody likes 100% of their job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Julia Roberts doesn't like 100% of her job. <laughs> like, there's there's some part of that that she's like, oh, man, I have to do this magazine interview or whatever. Um, nobody likes 100% of their job. And so, like, that's why it's a job. And there's something to be said for giving it more time or sticking it out or I don't know. That's a practical skill to have. Um, but if there's something that would be more fulfilling, that's an easy switch, which for you, it always has been like, this is the guy who got like multiple job offers during the pandemic when everyone else was losing their jobs. Um, you switched jobs and, and then had another, you know, had another offer after that. So, um, so it seems like like shifting isn't the hard part, and if there's something more fulfilling on the other end, like why wouldn't you want to explore that? Well, and in in your early twenties, mid twenties, late twenties, thirties, whatever, um, I had thought about this in the past as far as trying new things, um, because I spent in between jobs. I was the longest I was technically unemployed was. Um, three months. Okay. And I had took a full-time job after college um, at a company my mom worked at. She offered me an in basically. And I was like, well, I graduated college. I guess this is what I'm supposed to do next. Right. Seems like the next step. So I was there for six months. Didn't like it very much. So I switched jobs. The next one I was at, I only stayed for two months because I absolutely hated it. Yeah. And after that one, I was trying to be picky. So I was trying to to listen to my parents' advice. Yeah, that was my three months from, I left in February and got another job in May. Okay. So three months in there, I was trying to look through um, job websites and just self-reflect and figure out what's something that I might actually like. Yeah, I think being picky in in that um, circumstances, probably a really good call. The, I struggled with it for as long as I could. And then bills piled up, bank account was sinking. Yeah. And I had to just, I took a part-time job at Target at that point. Okay. Um, but during that time I was trying to figure out the age old question. What are you passionate about? Mm, What? And I, I hate that question just because (laughs) I don't know and I've racked my brain so many times. And that's so okay. That's (laughs) so okay. Like we live in a world that you get bombarded with this message from the time you're tiny that you have one true soul fulfilling purpose that you must find and chase like relentlessly for the rest of your life and it is crap. (laughs) It, it's so hard. Maybe, and maybe it's not crap. Some people feel like that, <laughs> and that works great, but I think like the vast majority of people do not feel like that. Yes, I agree. And the, I guess, epiphany moment that I had 
um, eventually was you're trying to pick what you're passionate about, but if your library is only full of three books that you've tried, mm-hmm. how do you know? Yeah, that's, wow, that's a good analogy for sure. If you haven't read the books and tried So you've been things, sampling. That's, I like to think so. You've been on a five-year sampling tour of career options. I think that's fantastic. I mean, I've done warehousing, admin assistant, retail, IT, IT, customer (laughs) service throughout. I mean, a whole slew of things. Um, And none of it has really stuck. It all. Were there, did you find like certain elements that you like through different things that like maybe not the career specifically, but find out that, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this or this is satisfying? Um, to, not to be arrogant, I've I've been good at all of them. Oh, I know you've been good at all of them. You telling people you had so many jobs lately makes people think that, like, you got fired a lot. No, no, what happened is, like, you were like, I need to do something that challenges me more, and then your employer is like, Zach, what can we do to keep you? And then you break their heart and leave. That's what's Pretty much. I mean, what am I... I know you've been good at them. I was, I don't know if anybody has worked at a call center, but they have metrics, or at least the one I was at had metrics, where they graded your call, and you were either in exceeding expectations, meeting expectations, um, slightly below, or you just failed altogether. And I was in exceeding expectations the whole eight months that I was there. Because he's so good at listening. I told you (laughs) I know that. (laughs) And in that time... Um, I had actually switched teams, and I worked the graveyard shift, which, worst decision. I I don't know how people do graveyard shifts. Yeah, no thank you. But I switched teams, and my boss, actually in the lunchroom from my original team, approached me, and she was like, Zach, I'm so sad that you're leaving, Mm. because you are holding up the team's average (laughs) scores. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, yes, you have had experience after experience like that with employers so so you know that you're not just competent beyond competent like capable you're a good problem solver but if there's not something that's like challenging and interesting and fulfilling then yeah go sample something else yeah i, I mean like it. i think more people should do what you're doing and sampling i don't know i feel like With each of the jobs, there is the initial learning curve, which um, I hold myself to high expectations. So when I don't have things figured out on like day one, day two, I kick myself and then eventually I figure it out. But once I've figured it out and that's just what the job is and I know what I'm doing and I clock in and Mm -hmm. work and clock out, then I get bored. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, it's been the same at every single, every place. All of them have been that same pattern. Um, tell us about an experience, and it doesn't have to be specifically work-related, that has been not boring and different every day and interesting. An experience that has been not boring. Um, well, there was, there was a stint. So when I was at the call center... Um, I, I tried my hand at streaming 
and my my schedule was very rigid. I would work from ten thirty to seven. I'd get like, off work. That's ten thirty p.m. to seven a.m. Is this no? Graveyard? This is pre graveyard. Oh, okay, okay. So ten thirty okay. a.m. to seven p.m. I'd get off work, go home, eat dinner, and I would start streaming at eight p.m. Okay. And I would do a four-hour stream seven days a week. Oh, my god! Until midnight. When midnight hit, stop streaming and go to the gym. <laughs> so I'm, I'm at the gym till like, 1 or 2 in the morning. You are so disciplined. And then go to bed and rinse and repeat. Oof. And, I don't know, streaming was super fun. Um, I kind of wish I had stuck with it. It but didn't? Like, that didn't feel monotonous? No. No, that's fun. interesting. That's cool, though. Um, every day that was fun. I mean, I built a regular audience that showed up, um, so kind of built some relationships there. Yeah, that's nice. And then I switched to graveyard shifts. Yeah, and then and, and then the whole schedule gets the gets whole messed. schedule was ruined. So that slowly ended that whole thing. But I like that, that your fun. solution to. A monotonous day job was to be more rigid in your routine outside of work. <laughs> I, I think the difference is I'm not being told that I have to do that. Okay. It, like if there was a day that I didn't feel like it. You wouldn't? I, would, I still would. But <laughs> I, I had, knew you were going to say I, that. I had the option. You had it, the option. It wasn't like if, if you're not punched in by 1030, you're going to get yelled at right. kind of thing. There is something different about doing, like, creating something for yourself. Like, I, I take my own deadlines much more seriously than I ever took school deadlines. Yes. <laughs> so. And I don't know. It's, I don't know if it if it's a, a, quote, millennial thing where being told what to do is just, like, so mm, against our maybe. core. Maybe. Um, yeah, we, I mean, I don't like being told what to do. I have to take a poll, but I feel like when you're, you're told like the world is your oyster, you can be whatever you want, uh, but then on the flip side, oh, but you have to clock in at eight in the morning every mm -hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, and this is something that we've talked about a little bit, um, growing up, growing up in the time that we grew up which has been the most progressive time in human history. And we've had the most freedom available to us. And that's undeniably something to be grateful for. Um, there is this other side to it where it's like, okay, you can do anything in the world. And just the anxiety of that fact is like, I mean, I don't know what's better. Cause then on the other side, there was a time where you could only be a nurse, a secretary or a librarian. Yes. Right. But, but then having all of the options is like almost just as scary. Cause it's like, well, but what the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Now you have to pick. It's not like, well, this is the family business. And when you grow up, you're taking over the business right. and that's it. It's yeah. It's um, it, it puts a lot more pressure on them. Um, finding the right thing because it's like well if I didn't find the right thing like but I had all of the options available to me so that means I failed or well and that I feel like that's the key is finding the right thing because who who picks that well you do right but what are you basing it on oh on, on it being right yeah um, are, are you basing it being right on people telling you 
that, oh, you do that? Oh, fair. Yeah, it shouldn't be. I mean, it should be the right thing for you. But, of course, we live in a very judgmental world, and <laughs> none of us are above that. So, um, because, like, I've honestly, like, I've probably had that reaction to certain people when they tell me what they do. And so. Yeah, I mean, it's personal. Like, yeah. I don't know, you're hmm. you're in college, you're taking just, like, an intro class, talking to somebody. You're like, oh, yeah, what, what are you interested in? Oh, I want to be a dentist. <laughs> oh. It's <laughs> like, great, because I know we need those. Um, I don't know how someone could, like... At 18, know that that's their... I want to scrape people's teeth. And, like, to me, my gut reaction is, like, ew. Yeah, why would you fair. want to do that? But That's pretty fair. My gut reaction is, like, ooh, too much school. <laughs> that's yeah. what I think of. Yes. Huh. Um, so you've done a lot of school, and you've done a lot of working, but you've also had some pretty cool life experiences outside of those things. Yes. You want to tell us about the leaves? Yes. So um, what I ended up deciding to get my degree in was archaeology. And um, that was basically from self-reflection of, I like exploring and finding things on the ground. So <laughs> archaeologists kind of do that. <laughs> they do. They do. So that was my my decision making for my degree. Very uh, good enough. I mean, I get, like, <laughs> good enough. It is good enough. Honestly, like sometimes you just have to be like, well, this is interesting. So because at some point you got to make a decision, and you have to make that decision before you're like twenty in order to be able to graduate on the timeline that you graduated on. You know. Yeah. Well, and that that timeline was set by parents and family just because of the you finish high school you go to college and that's just how it is yeah um I actually my freshman year I wanted to drop out because I had no idea what I was doing there um but ended up majoring in archaeology got through it and then when I graduated with my archaeology degree I worked at a warehouse <laughs> and then at a tax firm and then at Target yeah and you probably so, found some interesting things on the ground at Target. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I basically had to pick them up and put them on the shelf. Yeah, fair. But while I was at Target, um, I knew that this was after my three-month unemployment, and um, I just had to pick something for income. So while I was at Target, I knew that I don't want to be at Target for the rest of my life. I'm not trying to work retail forever. Sure. And I thought, I was like, wait, I majored in archaeology. Why am I not trying to, like, find something with that? Yeah. So the prerequisites to get into any sort of archaeology job is a field school, which is more or less an internship okay. in the archaeology world. Mm -hmm. And I did one through the University of Texas and went to Belize and lived in the jungle for a month. <laughs> so cool. Legit, just in the middle of the like, jungle. Like, had to, like, weren't you telling me that you had to, like, shake your tents out for scorpions? Or what was, uh, yeah, like, clearing so, a path or something? Well, so that was on day two. So day one, um, 
the university's been doing the field school for a few years. Okay. Um, so they have some like structures built where they have like a research lab um, and like tin roofing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so day one, you get assigned your your bunk room, and I was sharing a room with three other guys, and we went to go pick our our bunks, and we opened the door and walk in. All of us are throwing our our bedding and stuff up, and I turn around, and on the door there there's a scorpion oh. that all of us just walked right past. Welcome to the jungle. The door is closed. We have to open it again by pushing on it. I'm like. Oh my god! <laughs> what is this? Oh, that's that's good. And you were, you were there for a month. Yep. Okay. Um, and that's not the only time that you've been to that part of the world. Yes. So while I was in college, um, over spring break one year, my grandma took me to Guatemala for um, like ten days. And toured around Guatemala. Was it just to, you and your grandma? Yep. That's so yep, fun. Just the two of us. I love that. And uh, it was through a tour company, and every other person on the tour bus was fifty plus. <laughs> I was I was the only twenty. That's brilliant. Twenty year old, no thirty year olds, no forty year olds. <laughs> Everyone's just looking at me like. Oh, you're here with your grandma. I love yeah. it though. Just you and a bus full. You and a bus full of fifty year olds <laughs> in Guatemala. That's beautiful. So that was that was super neat. But and you loved it. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, and we actually toured a a town called Panajachel, mm-hmm. which is now on my list of <laughs> adventures again. Adventures again, meaning... So, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make you say it. Yep, I am planning now. I just, I think two day, two or three days ago, had this just gut feeling, realization that I need to uh, move to, to Guatemala for a year or two. Yay! You're going to move to Guatemala. So, I'm going to figure out... Uh, timeline probably at least a year this is the me planning things and making sure I'm not crazy part well I that's that's the balance part see that's exactly what I said you're optimistic and realistic like you're just proving me right here (laughs) (laughs) because you know it's possible you know you can do it there's no reason that you can't do that you're a very Mm -hmm. capable person as we've you know talked about um but how do I do it in a smart way? And like, how do I set Mm -hmm. myself up for success instead of just like buying a bus ticket? Like, yeah. You know, well, and actually just thinking about this, um, typically like when you see YouTubers or like travel blog people, Mm -hmm. you're seeing the adventure part. So it seems like they just up and left like day one, Oh, yeah. Like, Saturday they said, I'm going, and Sunday they went. Yeah. And there, I feel like there is kind of a, There's a definitely, disconnect there. There's definitely a disconnect there. I mean, yeah, you want to talk about the, the difference between someone's real life and someone's social media. Like, I promise you, <laughs> hashtag van life isn't as glamorous as, as the tag makes it seem. Yeah. It's great, but... Um, 
it's not not necessarily real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So taking at least a year, uh, maybe a little longer, we'll see, um, to pay things off, build up finances, research what it takes to get like a travel visa or and whatever. And just like casually and maybe learn Spanish on the side. I mean, that might be helpful. Show up. Just like a few boxes to check off before we move to Guatemala. Show up to Guatemala. Hey, y'all speak English? Y'all. <laughs> oh, man. So you're moving to Guatemala, which I think is amazing. And you... And I know it will happen because the second that you decide you're doing something, it will happen. Um, and what, like, you kind of mentioned it, like, maybe there was a specific moment, like, gut feeling revolution. Like, what happened? Like, what was that? Um, I was actually, so, on my, I was on my computer and um, I had decided that I wanted to live in Guatemala probably eight months ago or a year ago. Okay. Um, the same, the same town. Um, but it was more of just like super early, like, Oh, that'd be kind of cool. It's like, Oh yeah, that's on my list for someday. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll do that. But I had bookmarked the website okay. that I was looking at, which, um, conveniently was a travel blog type thing of somebody okay. who's done it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had just looked up at my bookmarks bar and saw this one on there. Mm. And I clicked on it and read through the the blog again and just thought, you know. I love it. Well, and I'm, I have a million things on my bucket list for someday. But someday doesn't happen unless you pick it. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. And that was, I don't know, that was one thing with... I feel like goals or, or things like that is you, you have to give yourself some sort of a, at least for me, like definite deadline, so to speak. Yeah. If you just say, ah, oh, maybe in like a few days I'll, I'll do my laundry. Oh yeah. Then and, it doesn't. Continue. And then like six days later, you're like, oh yeah. Come on, my last <laughs> pair of socks and yeah. they have holes in them. I have to do laundry tonight, but I didn't want to start before, <laughs> before we sat down and recorded this. So, um, yeah, uh, that's true. So, to especially for me, for something like this, having more than just, I don't know, in a year or so type deadline. Yeah, having, it has to have more structure than that or it's, yeah. it's um, not going to happen. That's, yeah, but it is, it is definitely going to happen and... Definitely gives me an excuse to go down to Guatemala for a week or so, so you know I'll be there. <laughs> It'll be, I don't know, it's its a weird feeling. I, it's just something that I know that I need to do. Um, I've been super fascinated with the idea of like perspective and uh, this whole question of what's your passion, what do you want to do, mm. and being stuck in honestly the same culture mm -hmm. being stuck in the u.s in america um just going somewhere else that's not texas or chicago or yeah you know, yeah somewhere just, really different yeah i think um that's gonna be refreshing 
in a, a major way for you. Um, because it's also mostly just our culture that preaches this, like, find your purpose and run with it. Like, I think that's a very... It's a very American... The American dream The American thing. dream, exactly. It's like, do you want to be able to afford your white picket fence? Well, you better... Yep. Like, you you know. better pick a career. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but I think it's just going to be an awesome experience for you. And I love that you um, like have this, this moment of knowing. I guess sometimes... Sometimes the best reason to do something is like, why not? Like, now yeah. is the time. Now is totally, absolutely the time for you to make a move like this. And it, I don't know, it, it is one of those things where if somebody were to ask why, um, I feel like I need to. I like there, That's a there perfect reason. That's a perfect reason. It, I don't know, it's, it's like an abstract. There isn't, I need a kitchen table because I don't have a surface to eat on. Right. What's a better question? that we can ask. Cause I've had, I've had people do that with me too. Like I, I'll mention that I, you know, moved to Vegas and it was like, Oh, what was in Vegas? And my answer is just always like nothing. I just, I wanted to do something different. And then we always have this like awkward conversation. Like what's a better question instead of hmm. why? I, I don't know. I feel like why is, is a good question, but I don't know. I think we're always looking for like a concrete reason. I don't know versus... why, because they're hardly ever available yeah. <laughs> in adult life. Why'd you do that? It sounded good at the time. Yeah. I, yeah, you don't you don't have to justify what you had for dinner, like because I wanted it because it, it was in my fridge because it was about to expire, like whatever. That that's but. a good example. Why did why did you cook chicken parmesan for dinner? It sounded good. I had a craving for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else? It's like, it's like little kids are always like, oh, but why? But why? But why? And they just like ask that question until you like can't answer it yeah. anymore. Um, but adults do the same thing with like big lifestyle shifts that are anything but exactly conventional. Oh, but why? You're like, uh, because... What do you? Say? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you exactly? accusing me of right now? Um. Yeah. I, I wonder what like a more constructive way to ask someone that is. I don't. I don't know if I say that to people, but I certainly might have, or I certainly like. Yeah. I. I probably do because it it's that's I don't know it goes back to the it's same natural. thing. It's natural. Where you're in a college class, oh, what do you want to do? I want to be a dentist. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could maybe say, like, what about being a dentist is interesting yeah, I to think, you? And that, that's a more, like, that is more of an invitation as a question. You know, what is it, like, what's interesting about Guatemala to you? That's more of an invitation than, like, an accusation of like why <laughs> yeah why the way we use why is almost like a stab kind of kind of hmm. uh-huh it's it's not so much it's not a very it's kind not it's thing. not asking because you're genuinely curious mm -hmm. it's a that's not normal like, here's a yes. warning sign. Oh, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's a, 
you know you're out of line, right? You know that you're yeah. swimming upstream, buddy. Like, hmm. that's, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it that way, but um, yeah, I want to find a, a happier, yeah, engaging with what the interest is. And, yeah. and taking this, oh, what's interesting about what dentistry? about this? Yeah, what about this intrigues you? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna start trying to do that. I like that. Um, let's see, what else did I want to talk about? Um, well, there's a dog in the kennel next to me. <laughs> there, there is. He was also a another impulsive thing Zach did this year. <laughs> I mean, kind of impulsive. Um, I blame Tess. <laughs> for sharing this rescue Instagram account with me and the rescue is called Sergeant Pepper's Friends and it is an animal rescue um, in Aruba that uh, takes like stray dogs and cats from the island and then if you're a tourist in Aruba so if anyone goes to Aruba you can volunteer to fly back with a dog or a cat um, that somebody else is adopting so that's what happened with you. you. I'll let you tell the story, though. Yeah, so it was very much... Um, I, I don't want to say an impulse decision, because I, I have wanted a, a dog for a good while. Um, but it didn't need to be from Aruba. <laughs> I, I that, that part was impulsive. Like, 15 minutes away to... To Boulder or Denver, you know. But you but, liked them. You liked what they were doing. And... Yes. And that also ties back to Guatemala. Um, yeah, when... that part of the world is just yeah, been everywhere. calling to you. So when I was on that tour bus, um, day one, they took us through uh, Guatemala City, the capital, and just showed us various parts. Mm -hmm. And there were stray dogs on the street everywhere. Everywhere. And they were so cute. And I just thought to myself, like, oh, I would love to rescue rescue you and bring you home. Yeah. And so the idea of Sergeant Pepper's friends taking in the strays or the abandoned um, puppies and dogs just touched that soft spot again. For sure. So messaging to Aruba I went and they said yeah we don't really have uh, flight volunteers that go to the Midwest very often mm -hmm. I said okay well what's the closest and they said well Miami Boston or New York yeah all it's East like, Coast oh. destinations so off to Boston I went <laughs> And stayed a night. Uh, so you met a lady in the airport with the dog. Yeah, at like 10 p.m., <laughs> lady comes in with the dog, and um, I had gotten her phone number through the, the rescue and was texting, and um, then stayed at a hotel that night. It was Halloween this year. Oh, yeah, it was on it was Halloween. Halloween mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. um, I get to the hotel. And we're in the room, and I have this little puppy, and I said, oh my goodness, what? <laughs> what what I... just happened? Um, yeah, but it... you're not honestly going to tell me that, that you regret Mr. Scrunch over there. <laughs> I do not regret. I know. I, know I do not regret Mr. Scrunch. Um, it is, it's a weird thing that I have, a weird complex where... 
I have to go big or I'm not going at all. Sometimes that's just the best way to force yourself to do things. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I want to get in the pool, but the pool's cold. And I'm just going to talk myself out of it if I dip my toe in. So I might as well just dive. Because <laughs> I know I want my eventual goal to be swimming, you know. So I'm, I'm going from like the, the two foot shallow, oh, it's cold. And I, if I dip my toe in, I'll, I'll leave. So I might as well go jump in the big, big kid's wave pool. And just... <laughs> in the big kid's wave pool. <laughs> and I just go do yeah. that instead. But you get... It works for you. You get it, you accomplish what you want to accomplish through forcing yourself to, <laughs> to go big. It's like new jobs. I I freak out for a little bit because I don't know what I'm doing, and then I figure it out. I don't think there's anything anything wrong with like no knowing your own patterns can only be helpful to you. You know, like recognizing, okay, this is, I'm doing that thing again, and now I'm in a hotel room with a puppy in Boston, but I got my puppy, and like, I'll figure this out, because I already put myself in this situation. Yep. Like, it, it forces you into it, but it also forces you into succeeding at it. Yes, because going, going big or crazy with it, I, I basically close the door and lock it when I'm in. There, there's okay. not, there isn't leaving. That's right. not an option. Anymore. Yeah. So it, you, you gotta go. Can't go out. You gotta go through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm -hmm. no backing out. So figure it out. And you've figured it out. You've been, you've been a dog dad for three months now. Two, two um, and a half. Two months. Yeah, two it's months. End it's, of October, it's, oh, November, early. December. Yep. So yep. And it's going great. Little man's oh. potty trained, and that he's was a process. But he's so good. I mean, our neighbors that you met that have the puppy were like, yeah, it took like a year. And you were like, oh, God. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then Koa was done in like another two weeks. Like, he I was think good. It, I, and I don't know. He was three months when, when I adopted him. I don't think the foster mom did any sort of potty training. Mm -hmm. um, he just lived outside. Well, I mean, it's Aruba. It's, Aruba. it's, it's nice. <laughs> so he lived outside, um, but I think once he was back, it probably took six, six to eight weeks, maybe yeah. like seven-ish, before he was willing to signal that he needs to go out mm -hmm. and then actually hold it mm -hmm. instead of signal, oh, no, he's coming, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, he's he's been great, and... I love having him around. I don't know how my cat feels about it. <laughs> he's, he's a little hot and cold on the puppy. Um, and now it's the four of us. <laughs> it is the four of us. Now it's the four of us. It's been good. It's been a good couple of months with the, with the addition. <laughs> and he may be going back to the tropics soon. I know. Into he's a, wor a world traveler puppy from Aruba. Did a short stint in Colorado. <laughs> now Guatemala. Um, I think that's awesome. He's, he, he takes after his dad. He likes to do a lot of little things. Oh, I guess we will kind of wrap this up, but I do have like a final, a final question that I want to ask, ask everyone that comes on the show. Um, and that is, I'm looking for like a concrete tip or a trick 
that is a practice you can do every day. So do you have a tip that people can use every day to feel more capable and or comfortable with their daily stress? Ooh, well, I guess my, my um, big tip that I try to live by is taste everything. Taste everything. Add, add things to your library. I love it. And uh, you mean that in like not the literal sense? Yes. Like in, in a in metaphorical. In your library of yes. passions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Taste things. Add things to your library, and breathe because there, there's no timeline. Nobody's right. No, God, that was a perfect, a perfect thing to say. There's no timeline, and nobody's right. Or everybody's right. It's, it's the same statement. <laughs> yeah, the red pill or the blue pill. Exactly, exactly. Taste things, sample things, add them to your library. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And um, and thank you for being here and yeah, chatting, for having chatting me. with me on my little venture. I appreciate you. Mr. And Below Average no, over here. Oh my goodness. Mr. Self-deprecating <laughs> over here. <laughs> Zach, thank you. And um, yeah. That's what I got. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you listeners for tuning in to my second episode. Um, my kind of loose plan for this is the 15th and the 30th of each month. So two, two podcasts a month. Um, February 30th is not a date that exists, so you'll get one on the 28th. But uh, the 15th and the 30th is kind of... Those are my deadlines for myself, which as Zach and I just talked about, I'll take way more seriously than... Um, professional deadlines anyways. So uh, this episode is airing on January 15th. So I will see you on January 30th. Thanks for being here.